I don't know exactly what it all means, but God, it feels real. I think that Belida knows we lied to her. If she's going where this thing's leading her, she's in danger. I want to know everything. Freedom, now that I'm tasting it. I see what I was robbed of. I am Hippolyta. I am Hippolyta. Welcome back, folks, to a brand new special episode of Words from Blurs. Christ, man! Oh, your your screen froze a little bit. You ain't you ain't moving. Okay, there he is. Ugh, God damn it! <laughs> Hello. Yeah, no, you're good. Just go ahead, keep going. I like your, your screen. I, keeps I see that. Yeah, yeah. Come on, sorry, I must be. I'm, I'm clearly is in that the a Bruce shittiest Lee poster? part of my house. What? Is that a Bruce Lee poster? It's a chance. It, 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 is it a what poster? Bruce Lee. Um, no, that's Chance the Motherfucking Rapper. Oh, not that one. I'm talking about the one hanging on the roof. Oh, this is... that's. Did you think favorite. I must have Chance the Rapper for Bruce Lee? <laughs> that's, that's motherfucking Miles Morales. I got that at Comic-Con. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, I thought because the pose he was doing. But yeah, so uh, this week we will be talking about episodes six and seven of the critically acclaimed HBO original series, Lovecraft Country. What a phenomenal show. But today's going to be a little different because we are not leading the episode today. God damn it. See, this unprofessionalism. Music playing in the background. Just That's my fault. I turned it off. I don't know hmm. why. Uh, my, my bad. Hmm. Anyway, um, we won't be leading the episode today. Um, we will have our, our lady on the ground, our special correspondent, joining us today. Lauren, welcome back. Hi. Thank you for having me back. I'm really excited. Great. It's great um, to have you back because you're... You're definitely a nice presence to have when we're reviewing these episodes. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Nope. Yeah, and these were some very good, very uh, feminist, storyline-driven episodes. Mm-hmm. So I see what y'all are doing here. I like it. Um, so you guys want to get into it? Sure. So we're going to be reviewing All episodes right. six and seven. So Episode six, Meet Me in Daegu. Yeah, right there. That one is that is that is, is that how it's pronounced? Degu, Degu. I'm pretty sure that's how. Okay, because I, I had I had no idea how to say it. <laughs> I mean, I don't speak Korean, but okay. I yeah, sure, feel okay. like that, I've that, heard it. That before. looks right, Degu. That looks right. That sounds so, right. Hopefully. Yeah, we uh. So it's it's a it's a flashback episode. It's filling in a lot of the backstory and stuff of Tick's time in the war and who exactly that mysterious Asian lady he keeps uh, thinking of is. And we get a little little filled in on that. And I I, I mean again I was wrong because I I thought he had like killed her or something, but then Justin informed me no that was the person that he was speaking to on the phone. I was like, ah oh, okay so yeah she's she's. And it it we start out it's like the most different feeling episode of Lovecraft Country so far because we begin in uh what was that uh South Korea I believe yes South, South Korea South Korea and it like 
it just opens in a movie theater and um, she's watching, we see Gia, who we know is Gia, and she's watching uh, Easter Parade. No, she's watching a Julie, Judy Garland movie. Yeah. Um, she's a so like the people, yes. And like that got me because like, South America or South Korean people like are really into American culture still like to that extent and um and I guess like their culture is sort of coming over here now too with like k-pop and all that oh like those (laughs) those k-pop stands don't play they really don't um (laughs) but um so like the two we see the two people leave the theater and then she gets up and she has her her musical trolley or her musical, um, her musical uh, performance, um, which I thought was really awesome because like I watch musicals and I do that all the time. Like I'll be in my living room listening to something from Princess and the Frog and like it's a whole production and like my children have to be involved in it. Like <laughs> it was just a really, really cute moment like of just levity to begin this episode that was definitely not light at all. Yo, I, I just watched Hamilton for the first time like two weeks ago. Yeah. I've been playing that damn album on repeat ever since. It's, 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 oh, it's, it's a good show. I can't even lie. I, I like, see I, why it was hyped. I didn't get it at first. And then like 30 minutes into it, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Like, I had said, like, I didn't know any songs from Hamilton. And then, like, two weeks after I saw it, those were the only songs that were in my head. Mm. They're so, it's so good. My mm. friends would play it over and over. And <laughs> they, they literally, I had one friend who watched it about 16 or 17 times just to learn all of the songs, <laughs> lyric for lyric. And <laughs> I was annoyed. because That's a long ass show to be watching 17 times. It's like, what? No, yeah, no, I'm well aware. <laughs> But it's it's such a good show though. Mm. But we digress. Um, yeah. So we uh, we meet up with, and it, you know, it's interesting because this episode has started out pretty pretty normal, you know, pretty regular outside of it now being in uh, South Korea. Korea. Uh, so you know, she meets a guy, you know, takes him home, and uh, we we find out that uh, when she has sex with the man, uh, these nine tails come out of her. Not Naruto, folks. Yeah, not, not not Naruto. Well, kind of. She she was she was a nine tail fox spirit though, right? Uh, yeah. I think that's what they called. Yeah, yeah. So it'll you know kind of kind of like Naruto, but yeah. Um, and so she like kills the man, and when she kills men, she like sees their whole lives, and like she has to kill what was it two hundred men? No, one hundred. One hundred men. One hundred men. men. So that was number ninety eight. No, number ninety nine. Right. No, that was. He was, he, he, was said he was he was number 90 because when her mother came in, she said 10 more. Wasn't Tick supposed to be number 100? Tick was yeah. supposed to be number 100, but the there first guy we see her with. In between, okay, got you, got yeah. you. So yeah, that was number 90. And uh, that just, that sets off the, the rest of the episode. We spend in South Korea uh, learning more about Gia and uh, we see Tick eventually come in, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably skipping a whole bunch of stuff. You guys can fill in the rest. But, but first, the the fucking let's just go with start with the scene where she's with the dude, 
and you know he thinks he's getting it in and like at first I thought she was the virgin I thought you know I don't know what I don't know why I thought that but <laughs> she seduced this man um she lured him in with with the golden snatch and and sooner rather than later they start boning and when he's done you know we see tails or fleshy fleshy tentacles was what i was what i saw that, yeah that's what i thought too until they yeah. said tails and i was from, like oh okay i'm guessing her her vagina I, I guess uh some from her mouth and her eyeballs and the 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 imagery in this show mike i mean specifically with gia and the way her 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 nine tails protrude out of her body and how they hold a man up in the air and then they kind of what 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 is I guess they suck the life force out of him. It, it, it's it tore that nigga. Yeah. It tore him up. Look, it yeah. like a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality or some shit. <laughs> mm, I mean, like fatality. he just exploded. Yeah, basically. He exploded in more ways than one. But <laughs> um. And so, like, I guess what she collects their souls, and clearly he's number ninety, and. She collects their souls. Why? Because as we find out towards the beginning and the end of the episode, Gia is, you know, she's an Intel Fox spirit, but she, uh, her mother seeks to bring back her daughter who, who died. Well, okay. So, cause like the first time you see Gia's mom, um, she's making the kimchi for the winner. And that's when I kind of was just like, oh, it's something off about her because her mother told her to bring home men. And um, so like when she went to the speed dating, uh, that one guy who like she was talking about Judy Garland with and he said he was like a big Judy Garland fan. And I was like, oh man, who's gonna tell her? Like clearly he's gay, but. Um, wait, she... wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, that's He's a, a Judy Garland we thought, fan. We thought he was gay just because he was a Judy Garland fan? <laughs> uh, in the 50s? <laughs> what, do, what do gay men call their best friends they're good judy oh, i mean come on hey, but anyway hey. but anyway like i was just like i i knew he had dodged a bullet and because like when you see her in the bar and she's like all dressed up and her face is painted and everything i was like oh she knows what she's doing so when i saw her see when i saw uh him see her i was like oh my god wait she's definitely like a succubus or something and then outcome them tails and I was like yeah I called that because it was just like for her to be so nervous and not know how to interact with people mm-hmm. and the way that she was studying what her friend was saying and like what to say to men I was like okay she's she's nervous like she but then you get back to the bar and she's like all dressed up and she's got her makeup right like her beats good and she brought him home like it was nothing they went in her room and I was like oh yeah that he's not one for this world and uh shout out to Jamie Chung by the way who's playing Gia who did a really good job this whole episode well she did amazing and I got really excited when I saw Ando from Heroes as uh her first victim uh, I did not. I don't know how. I didn't recognize him. I didn't even uh, put that together that that was him. But, yeah, okay, so yeah, that's good. Um, and then is was the next scene the uh, speed dating scene? No, the speed dating came before because she went to speed dating and she like that's where. That. Okay, got you, got you, got you. So after that, 
So after that is, um, that's when she went to see Easter Parade. And they had like the, the propaganda cartoon before mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Cause I actually like, I love like those old, like World War II propaganda cartoons and all that. Like when Looney Tunes would fight Nazis and stuff. The ones that used to show kind of uh, before the movies. Yeah. Like, and I like seeing one from a different culture. So like some of the same like westernized stuff that was used over here, like during World War II was used in Korea during the 50s. Mm. But um, her movie is interrupted because the Americans come storming in, handing out pamphlets, talking about how they're here to help and they shouldn't be alarmed. Good old fashioned American foreign diplomacy, right? Yep, that's it. Just forcing his nose and his dick where it doesn't belong. Yes, and I mean it's it's capped off by a like a lovely little like public lynching too. So yeah, and you know um, one of her nurse friends. uh, Do you remember her nurse friend? Was her her? Oh, Young Ja. Young Ja. She was. what was it uh, uh, a communist? Was she a communist? She was yeah. either a, she was okay. So she was she was either a communist or a communist sympathizer. And they were they were lynching um, a communist in the street, you know, like much like in America, where white men white people would lynch black people in America, mm-hmm. just so, in the street and be cheered for it. Yeah, just so. political affiliation, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Young Ja is she's a part of the communists and she she's heartbroken because they just they just want change as as we do currently and as they did then currently and she's just confessing that you know things just should be different to Gia and things are just just shit especially with the war the Americans no no one's really helping anybody or making anything better and it just committing more murders and more un, you know senseless violence in the name of i don't know some type of diplomacy yeah i mean yeah. we even we even see how we get more like shades of gray with uh, with tick for example when they capture all of them right and then tick's because... commanding officers like hey you know one of you guys is leaking secrets to the communists which one is it and then, you know, he tries to shoot one of them to make him scared and his gun is like out of ammo or jammed or whatever. There was, tick over. There was a lot of stark contrast. In yeah. That like yeah. from earlier in, in the episode, like when, you know, she was watching the Judy Garland movie too. Clearly we know uh, G.I. and Young Jar, they're nurses in the war. They're, you know, they're helping um, soldiers and, and whatnot. And like you said, to do, um, they're captured, not captured, but they're detoured. They're, yeah, they're stopped at the checkpoint. Yeah, stopped at the checkpoint. And uh, Young Ja, like we said, is is a communist, and I'm assuming she's the one that's been leaking secrets um, from what she's hearing uh, in the in the army hospital. And they know that one of the nurses on that shift is is the one that's leaking the intel. And so they kill one, then they kill two. Um, nurses and you can see like the the true horror and this is this is definitely what a lot of soldiers had to do in this in this time and even today they just had to follow orders and sometimes they had to kill in the name of of information um and so information was leaked and they had to plug the leak and um 
in the process, killed two nurses, and they did they they killed Young Ja, right? Well, what happened? What happened was uh, the commanding officer called Tick over after his gun jammed, and he killed one. And then they believe did Young Ja cop to it, or did they just take her? Young Ja cop. Okay, so he Tick came out and killed the uh, the second nurse because the gun jammed, and then he aimed the gun at Gia, and that's when Young Ja you know cop to being the spy <laughs> wait, to wait. save her life uh i just young jaw because it, it just made me think of young jock <laughs> <laughs> so I just, but yeah uh yeah and like with tick doing that are we are we still pro tick that like i really didn't think he was gonna pull it like i was just standing there like waiting for like maybe his gun jams maybe he like, can't do it but like it was so nothing cool. His face was yeah. like dead. He didn't even hesitate, man. He 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 didn't like struggle to think about it. He just walked up, pop. That was it. And I yeah. know like in the army, they like for lack of a better term, like kind of brainwash you to like be like that and just take orders and don't question anything ever. And even I guess later on they show him like crying because you know he can't read or whatever. So maybe that was how that was coming out. But like in the moment, it's like damn bro he was just like a stone cold killer like this is like innocent lady yeah. just straight up pop just because you thought like, she might be a communist you know yeah it was like the realities of war i just wasn't expecting it um but then again tick is always there to bring you back to the seriousness of like every situation and in this case i guess he sort of uh put a point on it like he he like reminded you like no it's definitely like this serious to where like you see your hero just shoot an innocent woman out of nowhere because he has to everyone has a past we see that tick tick's ledger is also full of blood you know full of red mm-hmm. so to speak and it's just i mean we so we see he he wasn't always uh, or he hasn't always been the um the the kind of the, the shy quiet tick that we've we've seen um in preceding episodes he, he definitely was a soldier he definitely was a killer and um maybe that has a that i mean we haven't noticed it but maybe that has like impacted his performance um the actor's performance in the preceding episodes maybe there's just been like a super a serious depression because of what he's had to do in the war. And this isn't even that far removed from the first episode either, right? Uh, I don't, it's five years, five, five years before. Yeah, it's five yeah, years. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, if you come back from war and you just, people- You're never the same. That stuff, so. Yeah, you're never the same after any war, I would say. So after GI witnesses that, um and- D- does Gia know that Young Ja's dead, or does she just suspect it? Well, she just—I mean, she naturally assumes that that's what they did to her was, you know, right and kill her. Right. So, and she she's still a nurse. So, like at the same time, it's like you—you you, she's gotta help nurse these invading soldiers. But at this, you know, they took her best friend, you know, one of the only people she feels close to. So she's like, you know what, this dude—he's gonna be number one hundred. I'm gonna make sure he's number one hundred. So yeah. you know he she runs into him again eventually when she he uh tick is injured and he, he comes to the hospital 
But, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he's like all crying and sad and shit because like he broke his glasses and he can't read or whatever. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, all right, bro. I mean, I've, I've broken my glasses before, too. It ain't that big a deal. You can get some new ones. Don't even worry about it. You, They probably insured. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and she's like, she starts to feel bad for him because, like, she reads for him. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, they're bonding. But she's also conflicted because it's like, but you did take out my homie. So it's like, Ugh, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. Like, he's clearly flirting with her. And when she... Um, she does agree to read The Count of Monte Cristo to him because she tells him like the movie ending and he's like well I can see why that would make for a better movie and he knows like she hasn't actually read the book so then she agrees to read the rest of the book to him um, and she makes a quote about something that her friend said to her and he was like oh I'd like to meet this best friend and get some more advice and I was like "Mm." and you could see it on her face where she's like she wants to be like yeah well you killed her (laughs) but she sort of just like you know bites her tongue because at this point she's starting to feel like a little sympathy like a little some like she's starting to feel something as a a monster who you know is told like she doesn't know what feelings are and she doesn't know how to feel real human emotions exactly which is why she's absorbing these souls because we find out from her mother that um her her daughter I, her actual daughter was like raped by her father and her then, her husband her husband her mother yeah yeah her mother's husband and then she died is that what no she she had the she had the witch um summon the Kamiho spirit into her daughter okay to but kill what? to kill her husband but why why did it have to be in her daughter's like but I thought like she did that to like bring her daughter back to life or something no she did it to kill her husband and so then the Kamiho has to take a hundred souls in order to be able to leave her daughter's form okay so why so, not- yeah because I mean, that scene was like that scene was a lot it was for me. like I was I watched it and it just kind of stuck in my head for a couple days because like it was very intense um and when she started singing that song and like the mother got excited she was like remember I taught you that song and she like turns to her and screams and she's like I don't remember I don't have her memories I have his memories and she used to sing that song and um like it was just a lot um but it was so good and like the way that Jamie Chung switched from being sort of scared and kind of wanting to please her mother to being like you kind of see the face of a monster when she started in with the song and everything you did you did it was it was very it was like it was heartbreaking in a way because you kind of felt for like both of them because like Gia she just she wants to be human but at the same time she really has feelings for Tick so she doesn't want to kill him and at the same time, like the mother wants her daughter back, so it's like, ooh, you just like, oh like, man. There's an impasse there because, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, she could have really just really had sex with anybody because she wasn't really, you know, tied down to tick. I'm not gonna lie, that <laughs> thought popped into my mind. It's like, okay, so is there 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 was a reason why she was like, no, I'm not going to kill another person. Like she didn't want to kill anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, she decided she didn't want to kill anymore after like 
um 99 she almost got caught with tick yeah 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 like before she, before her and tick were together the first time she decided that she didn't want to kill him and she didn't want to kill anymore she just wanted to be who she was and she just wanted her mother to accept her which is like the truth for like every daughter really mm-hmm. we all just want our moms to accept us for who we are oh granted it doesn't I'm, like listen women like girls go out of their way to please their mothers we really do and like that like this story was a really interesting way of just telling just a regular mother-daughter story okay yeah i didn't even think about it that way it doesn't usually involve uh nine-tailed foxes but (laughs) yeah it it is it's very relatable on that uh, on that level as far as just a daughter wanting to be accepted by her mother and what's funny is gia is the one that took tick's virginity yeah, yes. yeah, she was. She was. And I mean, listen, when a guy like makes a movie theater for you on base, you kind of have to at that point, right? He you on base yes. and uses one of the few projectors they have. Yes, and brings you like uh, a movie that you've been like dying to see. Like, and then you find out like his uncle's got some Hollywood connections. How do you not give it up at that point? Uh, tick, tick. Tig was having a ball that night. Tig said he was like, because <laughs> when that, like, when they're watching the movie, when they first sat down to watch the movie, and he reached over and like flipped her collar down, I was like, he really doesn't miss anything. That was oh like, the, it was God. like really cute to see like her story and him as just like the love interest and yeah. this like adorable romance. I mean, was it adorable? It was an adorable romance. The whole time I'm still thinking. I mean, he helped take your homie out, man. That's like... mm. Well, I mean, she went off on him about it, though. Like, she told him, she was just like, you know, you're a monster. You killed my best friend. And she was like, and I I was going to kill you. But I couldn't do it. Because he made her feel something. Yep. She, She fell in a heart she didn't thought she had. Or at least it was beaten out of her. Mm. and um when when tick and gia have sex she actually does see like well she tries to hold it back but it's well just... no the first the first time she makes it yeah yeah, when, yeah she, she holds it kinda, like yeah it kind of made me think like maybe it only happens when she's i guess in her room like maybe it's like an altar thing because the first time was when they were like on the army base yeah, because but doesn't she light candles every single time? Maybe. Yeah, she lights those candles and it's maybe, like that. Maybe she I just know, fancy. I think that's what it is. Because it could just be like, high maintenance. Yeah, it 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 hops forward like a couple months, so you know they've had sex more than once, and she's been able to control it. And I'm sure they've done it in that house. Yes, it's been so, it like a whole three or four. Um, I guess all the cycles of the of the weather. We got spring. She's spring, winter. Um, summer, fall. When when does yeah. Tick leave? When do when? I mean, so it's, it's winter, winter when he winter, tells right? her that um, that he's got yeah. enough points to rotate out and go home. Right. And, and then that's that's yeah. when they start having the sex, and she can't control the tails. There it is, and then you know they kind of like go into him, and it's different because not only does she see his whole life including tick and uh, some other army dudes pulling out the teeth of her friend but she also sees his death which makes it you know that's never happened before 
And then Tig's like, oh, what the hell was that? The fuck? <laughs> what are you? Ain't that some shit? shit? Bitch, stay the fuck away from me. That's his first I time. Mean, that's, his, that's, his, uh, that's his first actual time and some damn tails come out and she's like, oh, hell no. Like, oh, well, well, not his first time, but like, still like. Yeah, that like, first time didn't come count. out and like suck on my eyes. Like, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Their first time was in that theater in, on the on the army base. on the base he didn't finish though right yes yeah, he, did. he finished he definitely didn't he run out quickly he, he no ran the quick. first time he ran out was when her mom came home and like caught him uh, like she, okay. she or she screamed at him to leave because the tails were coming out okay and then okay. that's what led to her coming to the base and telling him like she was gonna kill him Okay, okay. So I'm getting the, the timelines jumbled up. All right, got you. So yeah, now we're we're at the part where he's freaked out and just trying to tell him, Look, I saw you die. Do not go home. You die when you go home. He's like, Ugh, the fuck get away from me. The fuck are you talking about? I'm out of here. Duh, I'm going back to America. So Gia gets her mom and they go up to this uh this mountain and they meet uh meet the uh was she a shaman? Priestess? I wouldn't say shaman, like a, uh, yeah. They, they called her something specific. She was a witch. Yeah, they did. They called her something very specific, and I cannot remember what the word was. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Hold on, because I, I got to know. Uh, yeah, it was shaman. I was right. She was a shaman. The same shaman who uh, Jia's mother went to originally to get the spirit to kill uh the the her her husband or whatever i still don't and, know why she didn't summon the spirit to go inside of her own body see <laughs> my my guess was she didn't know no she knew because oh, she that's knew. what gia said to her she was just like you were um unwed and you had a baby and he picked you because he knew what you would let him do in order to not disgrace yourself like in order to save your pride he knew what you would let him do so she knew about about it and that was the thing that got me is that like she she summoned that monster into her daughter because she was not willing to once again make a sacrifice to save her own child like she wouldn't sacrifice her reputation to save her daughter so she married this man who he knew she knew was going to hurt her daughter and then she wouldn't make the sacrifice of sacrificing herself to save her daughter by summoning the spirit just into her own body. So would you say that Gia's mom invited uh, two monsters into her daughter? Yeah, absolutely. You did, and, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. Tick, her mom, and Gia, it seems like the killing nine-tailed spirit might be the least worst person out of all of them. Yeah, pretty I much. Think- the Nightel spirit did kill like fathers, even though they were cheaters. But fathers. And I mean, because she said she said most of them. She's like she'd seen the souls of ninety nine men, and more of them were bad than good. That sounds like a rap lyric. But what about the ones that were good? How did, I mean, how do you how do you as a person just deal? Not with a person though. Morality. Well, she, I mean, yeah. Well, she's a monster. So well, we, technically. We, okay. Well, she wasn't capable of it. She wasn't capable of feeling it. But I mean, and then her mom finally sort of uh, decided that she was stop. She was going to stop trying to get her daughter back and just accept Gia for what she had made her. 
and accept and which which I feel like is just sort of accepting responsibility for how she has screwed up what is essentially both of her daughters as in one daughter the Camillo and one daughter her human daughter and so she's finally just taking responsibility for what she did and she's allowing Gia to remain the Camillo which is who she wants to be like she's finally accepting her daughter for who she is I mean, Gia ain't having no sex. Nope. Well, Listen, at least not killing anyone anyway. She's going to be taking... If she can hold it back. Because that's what, that's what the, the witch says to her. She's like, uh, you'll see... You'll take many more souls before you're done. Actually, no, no. Well, she said she will see countless deaths before her... That's dream. it. That's what the... Before her... Dream. Countless... That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you have notes written down, do you? Yeah, I got a, little, a couple notes. Go ahead. I want to remember, you know, I, I prepared a little bit. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they, the reason that they went to the shaman is because, you know, like we said previously, uh, the whole seeing uh, Tick's death thing has never happened before. And she wanted to know if it'll come true. And the shaman says, I mean, pretty much. I mean, she, she says in like vague shaman terms, but more or less, yeah, it's going to happen. And the, the voice on that shaman, by the way, is very. Yeah, creepy. As fuck. Mad creepy. Mad but it, creepy. it creeped me out. And like the way she sort of like rubbed her hands together while she was doing it, too. <laughs> oh. The Birdman hand rub. <laughs> so, yeah, that yeah. was uh, Meet Me in Daegu. So, how'd you guys feel about this episode? I loved it. I thought it was um, sort of like a welcome change of scenery. Right. I like the way that it tied into everything that's going on in the present in America. And I like that they made it uh, Gia's story and had Tick just be a love interest. Like, I love that they were like, no, this story is important to tell for Gia. Like, it helps you know what Tick's, like, what's going on with Tick, but it gives you so much background on her, too. Justin? I really like this episode because, like we said, we we had glimpses of um, of Tick kind of dreaming about Gia in the first episode. He kind of didn't know what she was, so I'm guessing he dreamt that she was like some type of alien creature. And now we we kind of get to see like what exactly he he saw when he was with her and how it kind of fucked with his head for a long while. Five years later, in fact, and um we get to see kind of the emotional connection that he has with her because he, he he fell in love and he lost his virginity in South Korea to, you know, to this to this um, South Korean succubus. And so we we just see the beginning of, I wouldn't even say the beginning of, of how Tick is fucked up because he had a fucked up childhood. But we just yeah. see the, the- And we do the, get to see glimpses of that. We got to see the veil somewhat lifted or how it was lifted um, in terms of his exposure to all this fucking supernatural um, phenomenon that he keeps having to deal with and, you know, survive. Um, I also really like this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. I'm not going to lie, it took me a little bit to really get into it just because I've grown so attached to the characters we've been introduced to so far that to basically see almost none of them for the full hour, it was like, damn, Really? The whole time we finna be in South Korea, but eventually <laughs> it grew on me, and I really liked uh, Gia's journey. I liked Jamie Chung did a wonderful job. 
Uh, I really like Jamie Chung as an actress. I'm not going to hold Dragon Ball Evolution against her. That's not her fault. Uh, no, no, it definitely isn't. And I, 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 I don't know. With with Tick, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, because keep in mind he's the main character, well, one of the main characters. So we're going to have to follow him. So on some level, we, we're going to have to like like him. But it's like I'm not even really sure if I like him at this point, you know. So, but part of me is also like that's kind of good because you don't want your character to be like one dimensional. Uh, you know, they're just a good guy and that's it. You know, yeah. Shades of great to him, so you know. Um, it gave him yeah. a lot of depth. Exactly, it gives him depth. So I would give it a, a five out of five. I give it the same score. I gave it. Um, I gave it a four and a half mm. out of five, just because I know what I expect from a five star episode, and I don't know. It was just like a little bit was missing, I guess, for me, but not much. It was still like amazing. Now we're moving on to episode seven, right? Episode seven, titled I Am. I Am. This episode was definitely, um, ended up being one of my favorites slash least favorites. Really? Simply because I feel like the lens was turned on me and I didn't like it. Like I saw, <laughs> I saw a lot of me and my life um, in this episode about Hippolyta, and I didn't, I didn't appreciate any of it really. And so you my felt like it was will be in contact. It was calling you out. <laughs> I stepped all over my toes. Let me tell you, something. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let y'all take more of the lead on this one because I don't know what the fuck was going on. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot happening, and it I'm not good. entirely sure about all of it. I, I liked it, but I just don't know what's happening. You see, the Afrofuturism sort of threw me, but I love it, and um, it's definitely something that I'm gonna look more into. Um, but it starts off with Hippolyta sort of trying to figure out the orrery. Um, and I mean, like, she's just surrounded with, like, notes and um, calculations, and she just can't get it. And, like, just watching her mind work was really remarkable to me. And then when she kind of finally sort of gave up and she looked at it from its side and she, and it clicked and she figured out what did she needed to do, like, I, I actually, like, genuinely cried, like, real tears at that moment. Cause I was just like, she's just so brilliant. But what does Hippolyta do besides work at the, at the guidebook? Exactly. Like what's her job? Exactly. I was like, cause she is genius. Mm-hmm. She is a genius. She's the, probably one of the most intellectual people on the show. She's probably the smartest character. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's what I was just saying. I was just like, well, she, you know, black women are geniuses because obviously most of them are born with the smarts. Truly. And it's just like, and it's the way that she's going through all of these uh, calculations and stuff, like, and just tossing them aside and she gets frustrated and then she figures it out and like her face lights up with the orrery. It was just a really beautiful moment. And I just, it, it brought tears to my eyes. It was, it was beautiful. It was. But don't forget uh, the the actual first scene where we find out what came of um, D and Hippolyta traveling to that county. Right, the, <gasps> they wound up at the charred remains of the sons of Adam Large. Yes, they found Artem, and she found the 
uh, Arinthia Blue comic. So she knew George had been there and she knew she was being lied to. And mm-hmm. that was it for her. Mm-hmm. That is the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And so once she finally, you know, pieced that together and she was able to open Ori, you know, and find out that there was the key inside, which also there was uh, coordinates that she kind of traced. Where, where, where was it again? It was, in, was it Louisiana? No. Uh, where was it? It was somewhere close. I think it was to Indiana. 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 It was okay. in Indiana. So she goes. She um, figures out the coordinates on the Ori, and you know when Tick and uh, Letty kind of need to to take a, a trip of their own to go figure out more about uh, Tick's mom and her cousin. Um, you know. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Because we have to um, we have to get into that too because like. Tick and Letty had that moment where he was like in there and she walks in and it's just silent and he like hugs her and they kiss and it was really quiet and the whole time I watched it like I sort of held my breath until he started talking because it was just such a beautiful moment between these two black people with like all this stuff going on around them and then immediately he's like back to the seriousness of the situation though I have figured (laughs) out what these pages say (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, you can give me some ass later, but let, let, about these pages, that's what we need to be Tick, focusing yes. on. Tick is always there to take your joy away. Cock blocking himself, Jesus. <laughs> but, um, oh, and before that, uh, Christina takes Ruby into the basement to see what's down there. Oh, yes. And it is the corpses of uh, William? William and Nell. <laughs> is her name Nell? Her name's Nell? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she makes um, potions from their blood. I mean, William, you know, we thought initially William wasn't killed by that sheriff, but in fact, I guess he wasn't, but he was badly injured. No, he was killed. Like, he did it. Oh, he definitely was killed. Oh, yeah. okay. And so, yeah, Christina, she said he succeeded. And mm-hmm. so, Christina, um, she, she just makes potions from their, from their, I guess, their blood. I don't know how many potions she can make. I mean yeah I was about people. to say isn't she gonna run out eventually? Magic bro. Yeah yeah, yeah right I mean like so those magic. corpses have been have been out for like a while. How much blood could they possibly have actually now that I think about it that's a good point the corpses <laughs> magic I guess that's, that's yeah I'm just saying the convenience of magic it just yeah. explains everything but you know we, we see that they're both dead I, I wonder what was Nell's backstory? What what is what? Where does she fit into this? We see where William, what William was. He was a, the charter of a charter, and doesn't seem like anyone's missing her. No, it doesn't. But I mean, uh, as the sheriff, I I listen. But was the, she the sheriff? She was the sheriff. So, and her being like the allegory for white feminism in that episode, in episode two, was was key for me with her like literal dog whistles. Um, oh, very much so. But she, I mean, <laughs> nobody misses her. I don't know why you would. Like she's just a servant and everyone she served is dead. <laughs> That's a good ass point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. <laughs> 
That, so like even in that village, it's like what's even happening over there? Yeah, because then the they just cults gone out. and yeah, I thought they just knocked her out, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, someone she's else definitely dead. Her. Yeah, she's dead. Oh right? no, she's definitely dead. I mean, she could be <laughs> coma, and they're just still harvesting her blood for the potion. Yeah, wait, coma. I mean, there's no. We don't have a hundred percent guarantee because Christina never said anything about Nell. She just said that William. She gave William's death. But never nail. So, I mean, we assume that they're both dead because they're laying side by side and kind of super white. Yeah. But white people. And she's really draining dead. them of their blood. True. Yeah, I mean, they had they they can't be dead. Maybe maybe they're just both brain dead. Okay. Yeah. True. And that's how their body is able to produce more blood because maybe they're not actually dead. Maybe their brains are just dead. Okay. Hmm. That, that, okay. okay. All right. I mean, that, that would fit that with would it. no nails injury yeah. when they hit her in the head, I guess. And she said that the sheriff succeeded, but she could mean that he's no longer himself, like he's dead, like to the world, like he's brain dead. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I mean, we don't know for sure, but these are possibilities. And uh, Ruby, of course, is freaking out, and she just she wants the truth from Christina. And Christina just tells us that it involves the book of names and Ruby's family. This this damn book of names that they just Question, keep. I mean, you guys. So is it like is Christina a lesbian? See, that's she what I'm wondering. Mike, just go both ways. I don't know. Like, I mean, like would that technically make her? Is she, maybe she's like pansexual. Yeah. Like I mean, because yeah, she may have had like the body of William, but she was still having sex with Ruby, who was yeah, like, she was still Christina. Yeah, I mean, probably. Although, and it's like, so why did they have sex? Was it just for pleasure? Is she into her? I mean, What's... Either way, I ship it. I don't. You know, William and Ruby, like, it, no. I ship it for sure. I don't ship that at all. That's a terrible I idea. Ship it. <laughs> ship it. No. First of all, William's creepy. All right. That nigga what, still what looks like, uh, shit, what are Grindelwald? Oh, yeah. That nigga still look like Grindelwald to me. That nigga's creepy as hell. Nah. Oh, I love William. He's, he's Aryan purity, bro. That's all he is. Oh, no. They truly are. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but yeah, Letty uh, has a dream and she's chasing Hannah down the halls of the Sons of the the, uh, the Sons of Adam Lodge while the building is just burning down around them. And at the last minute before the dream ends, she realizes that she's pregnant. And uh, we find out that she's also pregnant in real life. Oh, wait. Did we already know that she was pregnant in real life? Is she pregnant? Yeah. Is she pregnant in real life? Oh, no, no, no. Not, Not the real actress. Life. I mean, oh, I mean, uh, oh, Letty. Letty in real life. Yes, Letty is no. pregnant. Yeah, yeah so we, we pretty knew much. That. Um, okay. Journey Bear. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we find it out. Okay. Um, but there's, she's also got like the book underneath her arm which I didn't notice because it's, you know, it's sort of the same path that she led Tick on out of the lodge as it was crumbling around him. Mm. Um, and I didn't notice the book under her arm until she was with Letty and Letty tells him about it. Mm. And they find out that she took the book of names with her. And then he starts talking about Tulsa, which made me immediately go, wait a minute. Cause we all know the story of Tulsa and Black Wall Street and what yeah, happened. The Tulsa massacre, yeah. So what does that mean that the Tulsa massacre was the order trying to find the book of names? Mm, I don't know. Like I feel like that's true, where they're going because they keep this is the second time they've brought up Tulsa. 
if that's true, I don't know how I feel about them using like real life events for like fictional things. I don't know. I feel kind of weird about that. If I don't know. True. I feel like I would like it because it would give, I guess it would give, um, is it important? It would give what happened. Well, it would just, for me personally, it would give what happened to those people more meaning than these are black people who are doing well for themselves. Let's kill them all. Like at least they were looking for something and not just trying to murder us. Uh, uh, oh, also uh, important to note, Tick and uh, uh, Letty, they find out they were having the same dream. Yes, it was the same dream. So I don't know what that's all about, but and to find out what that's yeah. about, they you know they go to Montrose's place, right? Where Montrose Ooh. was Sammy. And... Montrose is cuddled. He's booed up. Yeah, he was. He was. But then you know he and gets he... a little less booed up when Sammy makes him a perfectly good breakfast. It looked like good food to me. I don't even it, know why he was doing it. Did those eggs look? It amazing. looked like good grits. It looked like good eggs. He ain't need to like this I mean, and like grits that. Look, definitely look watery. Oh, uh, these grits. What do you say? <laughs> the, the grits. They were too... a little runny. They were definitely runny. How about no grits? All right. How <laughs> do you just go hungry? You gonna eat these damn grits that he made? Like, come and on. He was like, the coffee not strong enough. Got too much sugar in it. I'm that. That line pissed me off because like Sammy had talked about running into the neighbor and then like Montrose's whole face changed when he thought that somebody yeah. might have seen Sammy leave his apartment. Yeah, because he's clearly so then still, he just, you know, he's still kind of very yeah. closeted. Yeah, still closeted and still worried about people finding out. And then um, yes. Tick and Letty, you know, come through. Went and... right at the, the end of an argument. Yeah. Oh, man. And again, another strike against Tick when he calls his dad that word. I'm like, damn. The F word. Like, yeah. When, yeah. Like, I, I heard it come out of his mouth and I was just so disappointed. Yeah. But I was like, it's it's pretty true to the to the era. I oh, mean, yeah, it is. It's re it's yeah. it's it's the it's the most realistic line they could have given him. But I mean, it it sucks to hear in 2020, but in 1955, like the realism, like I get it. Yeah, and Tick asks if uh, his his mom knew that uh, Montrose yep. was gay, and he says he yeah she did. They had basically a uh, an agreement or uh, an understanding, I should say, that you know I'm I'm with you. We're we're making this family. You know that I'm actually attracted to men, but you know, let's still try to let's try to still make this family together. Yeah. So she was his his knowing beard. Exactly. And I think it's I think it's kind of beautiful that she knew and like kept that secret for him and sort of was that person that he could tell, like that he could be who he was with, with which also makes a lot of sense as to why he would be looking for her family and why he would need answers and stuff about that um, because of that relationship that they had where it's like she, I mean, she had to be like the only person who knew who he really was. On top of that, it damn near confirms that uh, 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 Tick is George's son, right? All, yep. all but confirmed. George we don't know. Technically, we still don't know for sure, but there's a very, no, very strong chance that Tick is yeah. George's son. Like ninety nine percent chance. One percent chance. One there's a one percent chance that 
maybe Montrose tried it one time. Just to see I mean, what it was like. I'll Texas once. I thought they've dead like it, but I don't care for this. I prefer the stiff, the stiff yeah. uh, man meat. I don't yeah. care. Like for this. this is not for me. Like I've tried it, and it's not for me. No, thank you. But you know, we got a Some, baby. Yeah, sometimes baby. that one, that one try, that one try can get somebody pregnant. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. And uh, me. you know, tick it, leaves. Isn't, it, isn't that true? Isn't oh, that yeah. true? <laughs> Tick leaves and um, he talks with Luddy a little bit and he's like he's so upset because he used to tell him that his dad would beat him to like keep him from being soft but then he realizes he was just beating him because he was mad at himself because he saw himself as soft. Yeah. So you know just a whole bunch of like father son issues going on there. Oh my god the amount of parental issues because like his daddy issues came up Christina's daddy issues came up when she was talking about the order and it's just like these dads screwed their children up in such profound ways but they're so different Mm -hmm. but like to see tick sort of trying to go back in his head and like think about the fact like his dad beat him so like mercilessly basically because he was scared of who he was like it was just it was it was like it was kind of a rough scene to watch very very rough and after that that's pretty much the end of the normal quote-unquote part of the episode right yeah they go they decide to go to st louis and they go to get woody and when hippolyta like because hippolyta strikes me as the sort of person who i mean like she's shown that she's gonna sort of bite her tongue a little bit like even like when Tick was getting on her nerves, she she didn't say it to Tick. So when they came up and asked for the car, I was like, is she gonna give them Woody? Like, don't give them Woody. And she was just like, Well, I'm going on a guide trip. So I guess you're gonna have to find another way to get where you're going. And I was I like, just, Good for you. I just realized the same exact thing happened. Remember when Tree wanted to come and like she's like, Oh yeah, come on. Yeah, then, come like, on, the more the merrier. He, when he wasn't looking, she was like, This nigga. Exactly. <laughs> the exactly. same exact thing, man. Yes, like I felt Hippolyta so much for this whole episode. Like when she's driving and she's playing her French pop music and um, Betty Stringfield like comes past her on the motorcycle and she's just so excited and like, she's so happy to be on this trip, but also, you know, it's like she's, she needs to find this, like her curiosity is driving her. And she's not going to be satisfied until she gets some answer. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we uh, again, see just how tenacious and how um, strong-willed Hippolyta is. She goes uh, on this guide journey, or I, I guess this journey to um, an observatorium. And she finds what I guess is a time machine? We, I mean, I don't think it's, it's a, a time it's machine. A, it's a, it's a, it's a multiverse machine. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay, so she finds multiverse machine, and it seems as though like she, she's so intuitive, like she gets it working almost immediately, and then of course we get the white police officer. Every time oh, these damn cops show up, God. I get so anxious, bro. Yeah, every time yes. any cop shows up, I get anxious. Like, like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. What you doing here, girl? About who she is, what she's doing there. What I mean, you know, what she kind of did she know anything about Manny? I guess. And oh, well, before that, before that, because Tick comes in, but before that, he makes it to St. Louis to talk to, um, talk to the woman about his mom's cousin. And that's when she's like, he asked her about the book and she's like, I think there was a family book, but it got burned up in Tulsa, which again, another reference to the Tulsa Massacre. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it defeats my theory that the order did it. And like, is the book of names the reason why Tulsa got built up the way that it did? Hmm. I'd have to see the way it plays out before I have an opinion on it. But if they do that, I just, I don't know. I feel kind of conflicted on that. Just because it almost feels like almost disrespectful in a way. I don't know. I'd have to see how it goes. I, I like the way that they, they've managed to make some sort of like history stuff interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if I'm right. Mm. But yeah, but I, uh, I feel like it's possible. Uh, Yeah. And uh, they, they, so Hippolyta puts the, interdimensional multi-dimensional machine together she gets teleported to space i think was it she yeah gets, she gets teleported to this interdimensional space prison i get i wouldn't i guess not a prison but definitely i guess like a ship maybe like she's in the she's in a holding cell basically and yeah. she's just trying to figure out all these equations as to where she may be what's going on she kind of looks like she's gone a little crazy at first but she starts picking out pieces of the room and trying and putting things together things start floating and you know she you can tell she's kind of like so fascinated by this technology and the possibilities of what is going on and then we have this i yeah. don't this afro being after this like um, beautiful believe- afro woman robot I don't so know. the 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 writers refer to her as beyonce <laughs> um which is awesome but like when she first Accurate. walked in right she was giving me garnet from steven universe yo yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah she she did look like garnet yes she gave me garnet and That's she cool. asked yeah she told hippolyta to name herself and she was like what the fuck are you talking about like what so then you know she, she tells her you can be anywhere you want to be where do you want to be and she picks yeah, on stage with Josephine Baker, it's, as one does. Who doesn't say, I want to be with Josephine Baker in France as she's performing? Yes. And that was like such a cool um, like moment. Like the actress they got for Josephine Baker was pretty, pretty spot on. Like that was some phenomenal casting, really. Hmm. I don't know much about Josephine Baker, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. I am looking her up right now. Uh, Ka- Kara Patterson. Sorry if I said your name incorrectly. Played Josephine Baker in that episode. I don't say every name incorrectly. You can't, you just, can't read and pronounce the just, same time. Just some names. I'm pretty sure C A R R A. It's probably like Kara. Kara Patterson. Yeah, that's probably Kara. So there's yeah. two R's. Yeah, but that was a very nice scene. Um, you know, then she was dancing. You just see her kind of exploring a, a a nightlife. You know, a life that she that she that she's enjoying uh, as compared to her life with um, Uncle George and Dee. Not that she didn't enjoy it, but she definitely felt as though like her life lost. She lost a lot of potential that she had, and so she's yeah. kind of making up for it 
and all these lives that she that she proceeded to live. Um, she danced with Josephine Baker. She did probably did a lot of drugs, and she probably had a lot yes. of international um, French lesbian sex. <laughs> yeah, there was a scene with uh, Frida Kahlo and everything. But um, like, this is the part of the episode that really spoke to me. Um, just her saying um, that she was tasting freedom. Like, this is the first time she's had And like, I <laughs> love how we basically I, just made the same I joke. I felt that. Like, I really felt what, like, I knew exactly what she was saying. Cause like, you're a mom and you're a wife and like, you have to sort of make yourself small for the, for everybody else around you. And it sucks. And like the fact that she was able to be her, like to be Hippolyta, like as big as she is for that moment in time, like Ooh. it was beautiful. But then I was just like, oh man, no, thank you. Please don't do this to me as again. As a black mother, how did it make you feel uh, what, she, what she was doing with her, with her time in the multiverse? Um, I loved it. I mean, like a couple months ago, I took a weekend off and went to DC without my husband and my kids because like I needed time to be by myself. And like, I understand what it's like to need freedom. Like, she's like, she's Hippolyta, but like, not really. She's George's wife and she's, you know, you, you Diana's mother. To, you needed time and so does she to remember who you are without Exactly. Them. Yes, or to just to really just find yourself without them. And um, so that's what that's what this like whole multiverse experience for her um, sort of was like reminiscent to therapy. Like it was just for me, like I'm a big proponent of therapy. And um, that's what it was like. It was just the therapy she needed to find out who she was. She and you. then like, yeah. Yeah, and at first she was angry because she realized how much she had shrunk herself down to please other people and how mad it made her. And like, I get it. Like I said, favorite episode, least favorite episode, cause like, it's like they pointed the camera right at me and I was like, no, thank you. So what did she get to be? She got to be a dancer. She got to be um, a warrior. A yeah, warrior, some, uh, like some, uh, the inspiration for the Dora Milaje. Yeah, I was about, yeah, some Dora Milaje type shit. I also don't even know why. But yes, that is yeah. well. And yes. like, she got to kill like an army of a. Uh, oh, she killed a small section of an army before. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and then how, yeah, what the was rest happening? of Ramsey's army, army came at her. How, how what, I, again, what, what is this place? What is happening? I like, it's I like, love it, but I just don't know what's happening. Yeah, I get the colonialism for sure. Like they're fighting against the colonialism, but um, I it just when that second wave came running at him, but like that um, that speech she gave about how like you know our anger isn't ladylike, um, like it's just a lot of anger that like black women carry and we're not allowed to express because once we express it, then you're angry. Black you're just in bingo. So like, like we get angry about things we should be angry about, but we're not allowed to express it. You're not allowed to live your life. You're not allowed to express your frustrations because as a black woman, you're, you're, you're supposed to bear all this weight and not, and not give a damn about it hurting your shoulders. Exactly. You know? And so 
she gets to kind of just tell George, you know, I'm, hey, I made myself <gasps> small for you. I, I saw that my life would probably not be as important unless I had a man or specifically you in it. And, you know, she, she knew that she had such potential and that the world she lived in wasn't going to let her live it to its to its Yes. Goal. I was so yes. happy to see George again, man. And I, my, yeah. my thought was, you know, I mean, uh, eventually they, you know, they're together and they get to be um, a part of the comic book that D kind of created. I don't know yeah. what the character's name. Arinthia Blue. Yes, and like yes. she finally, like George wouldn't let her go on adventures with him because he wanted her at home and safe. And she got to take him, him on an adventure. On her adventure, which was like really beautiful and like so cool. The visuals the for that the show scene, again. We, I have to say it's top notch. It really is. Yo, they, of, man, just, the budget for this episode. I can't even imagine. Yes. And so my 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 initial thought was I was thinking that. This multiverse or whatever is the key to, you know, your theory that George is still alive and that they bring George back from the multiverse and she pulls him into into her reality. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because she's given a choice that um, to join that. Yeah, she can stay or she can go home. And she says, you know, D needs me. Um, So like you assume she went home, but like she like when Tick comes out, and she doesn't, it's like, okay, so did she decide to stay? And like, is that selfish? Probably, but moms don't get to be selfish. And like the, like the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, she really stayed. And then I, the second time I watched, I was like, yeah, cause I would have to like, for sure. Like I can do anything I want to do in this universe and I get to be who I am. And then, like she said, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to fit all that I am now into that. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, again, time probably works differently over there. So I mean, definitely. For, I mean, yeah, because it seemed like she tick. was she was in Paris for months. Yeah. And for Tick, it was probably it looked like it might have been instantaneous. So maybe he did, did. Did she's just taking her longer to come back? I can't imagine like we're never gonna see her or George again, right? And like you know, like she said, D needs her, so I'm assuming she, if anything, she's gonna come back for D. But yeah, when Tick is expelled, he uh, he he has to turn off the machine, but in his hand, he holds a book, and the title of that book it's is called Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country. That's the name of the show, uh, and it's written by uh, George Freeman. Yes. And that got me because that's when I, like, I'd been so into the episode and so into Hippolyta's journey that I didn't even realize that Tick might have gone somewhere. Oh, he totally forgot the portal. Existed. Yes. Yeah. So when he came out, I was like, wait, where was Tick? Like, where did he end up? I get maybe mm. that's the next episode. Like, we get to see mm. where he was before the finale. But the final image we see in the episode, of course, is uh, Dee's travel comic oh, laying God. right next to a dead cop. That ain't good. And that is the last place you want to leave anything yeah. is next to a dead cop in yeah. the 50s. 
So, you know, D's definitely, which great because we basically don't know much about D other than she was friends with Emmett Till and she's smart, she's creative, she like writes comics and stuff, but you know, we don't know much about her. So I would be very happy to see some, yeah, some some development on her next episode. So it looks like we're going to get that. She's the artistic equal to her mother's intellectual. Absolutely. So yeah, um, overall, oh, I thought... and there was um, as you want to say, there was a a scene when the um, when Ruby was babysitting and she let Diana's friends come over and they're playing spades, and the guy, the the boy, is just like, "When's he's like, when's Bobo coming back?" And I was just like, "Oh my God, he's on his trip!" Like, mm. it just hurt my heart because I was just like, "Wow, so it's coming soon, and I'm not ready for it." Mm-hmm. so uh overall i thought that was a really oh, damn see that should just hit me too what you just said yeah mm-hmm. overall this episode was great it was weird but i it was like the kind of weird you're like intrigued by it like you want where is this going because it's like there's so much happening it's like sensory overload themes of afrofuturism themes of like black women having to like mute themselves to to get along with society but you know and That's just having to keep themselves right. in you know it's just it was it was very well done um i'd probably give it a three and a half out of five but like a very enthusiastic three and a half out of five not like <laughs> yeah i give it a, um, I give it a solid four i feel like this was the most optimistic episode of the entire series like there's so much um, Afrocentrism, but there's also uh, and futurism, but there's just so much like surrounding uh, Hippolyta and her journey, her journey of self-discovery and kind of going through kind of the, all these lives, kind of seeing you know where she might have been in the past and where she might be in the future, and just kind of just experiencing life on a different scale, on a different level than the kind of small town life she's lived in Chicago. And so I give this um, episode, I give it a four, a four out of five. It, was, it wasn't like, it wasn't in line with the rest of the horror elements for the, for the series, which is why it gets a four, but it is one of the better episodes to me. And I, and I quite liked it because it was so um, hopeful to me. So I give it a four. Yeah, um, I loved it like you're right it it was um there was a lot of optimism in the episode like watching Hippolyta go through this sort of therapeutic journey to find out who you know she is like I am who I am um it was just a really optimistic um episode like it just made me feel good like it made me angry at parts just as she was talking about shrinking herself but it also made me feel introspective and hopeful right up until Tick came out of that portal. So I definitely give it five stars. Like it was, mm. it was definitely one of the best episodes was for me. Was it a five star episode? This was a five star episode for me, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, we're excited to see what comes next in the following episode. It seems like Dee's going to get her very own episode, so that's going to be very cool to see. Uh, Lauren, why don't you give the people your socials if you want to? My social is uh, at SelfishLady on Twitter. Be very careful when you follow that Twitter, folks. 
<laughs> it's, it's not that bad. Just don't expect PG content is all I'm saying. I mean, I'm just, I do say, like, if my husband ever found my Twitter, like, I would be tweeting y'all from a Ouija board. <laughs> JT, what are your socials? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at one handsome geek. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my new ha- Twitter handle is handsome blurred. And you can follow me on PSN at mystery nine nine seven. What about you, Adu? You can follow me on Twitter and IG at Adu underscore man. That is one A two Ds one O underscore M A N. You can follow me at PSN at admant. That is one A two Ds M A N T. You can follow the show Words from Blurs, spelled how it sounds. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Subscribe, share, comment, tell all your friends, tell your 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 grandma six feet under, tell your grandma who's right next to you, tell everybody <laughs> to subscribe and listen to this podcast because we got some words, we're blurs, and we want to give you the, the good shit. All right, that was yep, yep, yep. Um, our episode of uh, reviewing Lowcat Country episode seven and well six. We want to thank Lauren for for joining us. To kind yes, of thank you very good. much for thank joining you for show. having me. I love being here. Like, I'm real excited for it. So, well, thank oh, you um, for inviting me back. Also, follow us on Twitch, streaming from Blurs, where we stream video games and all that, all the streamable things. Uh, any last thoughts, comments? Uh, no. My protect kids are downstairs playing. Yes, protect yes! our black women. Listen, protect black women. Because yes. at the end like, of the day, we need our black women. Thank you, Mag. All right. Thank you, Meg. <laughs> okay. Yes, Queen. Fuck Tory Lanez. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. That nigga, that nigga did that shit. That <laughs> Deport him that immediately. Shit. All right. All right. Uh, Black, lives, uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Boy Women Matter. matter.